What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? You're back with another episode of Lucas and Mo versus the world. This I'm gonna, I'm keep, you know, fuck this. Lucas, do your thing. versus the world on today's episode we have a good enough segment on russell crow halloween remake at blumhouse new mutants being pushed back to make it scarier but first we're going to start with another first look segment and this one is on pacific rim uprising which trailer was just released on wednesday yeah and captain marvel whose first look at the costume was just released today. <clears throat> oh. Yes. How do you like your white women in motorcycle outfits? Oh, man, I thought I thought we were going to go with something else first, but let's talk about Captain Marvel in that trash-ass, green-ass, trash-ass motorcycle outfit. First of all, you're going to show me that shitty outfit. Then you're going to try to explain it by saying, oh, it's supposed to be for safety. You know what's funny? When they released the Flash's costume a couple years ago, and people were like, oh, it's supposed to be for safety. Y'all said, take your safety and shove it where the sun don't shine. You know what I'm telling you about this Captain Marvel trash green outfit? <laughs> oh, take the well, safety where the sun don't shine. <laughs> thank you very much, sir. Take that shit up. You know what? <laughs> Look, I have, I have so many choice words for this costume, and I know a lot of you like it, and I know a lot of you are bending over backwards to, to defend the shit. It is a piece of green shit. I am sorry because another thing is, oh, it's supposed to be Cree, you know, the Cree uniform. First of all, I have no problem. I've almost had no problems with anything Marvel has given me in terms of costumes. So why is it that, you know, all the female costumes. In humans, nigga. In humans. In humans, nigga. We don't count that one. We literally, it didn't happen. (laughs) It never happened. It did not happen, okay? In humans. You know what? Shit. Captain Marvel's costume could fit in the human show. Ladies and gentlemen, you Thanks can for tell bringing Mo it up. Is, you could tell Mo is very upset about this costume. Oh, I'm so upset. Because his accent is coming out so strong right I'm, now. Hey. <laughs> Wakanda forever, my nigga. Wakanda forever. <laughs> it's going to come the fuck out on this one. But hey, look. Look. You promised me something last year in SDCC, right? They showed us uh, uh, Captain Marvel. They showed us a, a concept. And you know what I noticed in all of these movies is that when you show a concept, it's not necessarily what's going to happen in real life. But, bro, this is the best you could come up with. I'm guessing it's green cause, so they could CGI stuff onto it. But, bro, it, it is could. That ugly. actually would be a good reason for it to be green. Okay, here we go. So okay. I just gave them an out, is what you're telling me? Yes, you did, sir. You, you, you literally lined it up for them. Man, let me but, know what you think about let, it. I'm, I'm let's just say this. Let's just say this. this. Okay. Shit. Here's, the, here's the weird part, comic book people. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it and be surprised about it. I don't mind the costume. Okay. Much. Okay. Where's Lucas? 
Where no? <laughs> where is Lucas? You, you know, see, here's the thing, Mo. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. And this I'll is why you. I don't mind her costume. Piece of shit. She's fucking trash. <laughs> why would I be surprised? This <laughs> fucking trash is dressed like this. Like, come on, man. I don't mind it. She's no. trash. Now look at so look at I, look at Gamora, right? Look at Gamora. Look at uh, uh, Black Widow. Shit. Look at Ant Woman. Hold up, but Black Widow is dressed like a prostitute, so we can't count her. Okay, look at Ant Woman. How about Ant Woman? Technically, Gamora is dressed like a prostitute, so let's not count her either. And and Wasp is dressed like Ant Man. Like fuck the Me Too movement with Wasp. So what what you're saying is Marvel has. Why are we expecting so much from Marvel costumes when they have disappointed time? And time and time again, I don't mind the color scheme was odd, but supposedly you're, you're explaining that the way because this is her original Cree costume. I fuck don't that shit! Care. It's still all ugly. I know about the Cree is that they're on Agents of Shield <laughs> and they suck ass. That's all I know about the Cree. I know nothing <laughs> else about them, so this can't bother me. It's odd that she's just here's his thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm someone who rides motorcycles because I. Have a motorcycle license. I have ridden motorcycles. Could you please explain to me how a motorcycle outfit is worn for safety for a motherfucker flying? That makes no sense. I mean, if she's gonna be flying into birds, make, my nigga. This thing, no. If they wanted it to make sense, she she's literally in the air force, right? Yes. So wouldn't the suits that the people like wouldn't the suits to jump out of planes been safer? The ones that the army have had since the eighties. Are you trying to make sense for Marvel? Nineties? No, 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 no. Okay, I'm not making sense for them. I am Thank questioning you. the decision to attempt to tell me that in a motorcycle outfit for safety to fly. That makes no damn sense. No goddamn sense. None whatsoever. Oh, so, so anyone who anyone who tries to explain it away by saying that you're fucking stupid. That's just fuck. say. Just say you like the costume, or just say that no matter what, you're going to be on Marvel's mushroom tip, so you'll excuse anything they do. Thank Either you. way, it's fine with me. I don't care. Fucking character is trash. I don't mind that she has a trash costume on. It, it is. She literally. Here's the funny part, though, Mo. Funny part of it all. Uh-huh. Everybody who complains, um, everybody who's like champion and try to defend that costume. I want them to go back to the first X-Men movie because that's exactly what she looked like when I saw it. No. Said, oh. Don't do not insult the first X-Men said, oh, movie. That's an X-Men costume with green on it. Don't insult the X-Men. Don't insult the X-Men movie. That was they had good was, costumes. Uh, no, not in the first movie. Everybody was dressed in black leather. I thought that they was the bonded shit. <laughs> she looks the same way. Literally the same way. And let's be realistic here, people. If y'all don't get some butt implants. Or something in that fucking okay. suit. Okay. Because she looks fucking horrible. Like, they go, here's the thing. They're going to CG can, some you on can her. Make, you can make a costume for someone, but you got to, like, make it, tailor it to her. I, th- this is what makes me believe this is supposed to be the first costume because it's not tailored to her at all. So, during the movie, if they have a scene where she's trying to decide what to wear to fight crime, she comes up with that. <laughs> And then later on, she's like, I need something that fits better, that moves with me better. And then she gets another costume. Oh my God. You, Marvel. I just called it now. Oh if my God. Shit, are, are we? Uh, 
Jesus. son, it, right now the movie is writing itself for me. So I'm perfectly fine. She's trash. I'm expecting the movie to be trash. And her costume is trash. My head hurts. It yeah. is so trash. I'm not bothered by it. All right, so hey, let's, let's... people, if y'all are going to defend it, defend it. If you don't like it, fuck it. If you compare that to Wonder Woman, you're fucking stupid. Very on, fucking son. stupid. If you ever say, on, if you ever compare that to Wonder Woman, because Wonder Woman has had the same costume except for when they switched from the skirt to pants. Wonder Woman has had the same costume since Inception. Don't you dare. Don't you fucking dare. Oh, I mean, in all honesty, all the hopes of this being anything as good as Wonder Woman went out the window with that costume. Oh, yeah. It's, it's been gone. It's been gone. No. Hey, you know what? Marvel Marvel people, yes, you're going to be excited because finally now you have your female superhero to say, yes, you know, we got one too. You shouldn't be happy because looking at that costume, <laughs> Lucas, what's next, man? Marvel, what's, Marvel what's the next this ain't, a me, this ain't a Me Too movement, Marvel people. Oh, nah, because... Fuck her and her costume. Let's go to the next one, Mo. There's no reason to there's no reason to dwell on this. Because Mo doesn't like it and he's a comic book person. I don't mind, but we can move on. I've like every costume. We're gonna move on to something that was even a bigger disappointment. (sighs) Costume. Pacific Rim Uprising released their teen bopper friendly trailer on Wednesday. Power. So here's what I'm gonna do, people. Here's what I'm gonna do, people. I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm going to ask Mo, what was your reaction to when you saw this trailer, Mo? All right. So technically, <laughs> I need a drink for this. I, I need a drink for this episode, seriously. Technically, this is the second This is the second first look for Pacific Rim because we got a trailer oh, before oh. Comic-Con. We got a trailer before New York Comic-Con, right? Mm-hmm. They also I, had rapping. So I'm just going to point that out. Black lead and magically you have hip hop all of a sudden. And you're, and, yep. <laughs> I love that trailer. Lucas knows I feel how I feel about that one trailer. And I was like, okay, leave it there. You know, leave it there. They brought the second one out and it showed a lot more of the movie. And I'm like, holy shit. This is bad. One. They played the trope of the legacy son who doesn't want to live up to his legacy. I rolled my eyes as soon as I saw him in jail, bro. I was like, Man. every fucking movie humanly possible. <laughs> that, that, nope, go ahead, Mo. Okay, so in Pacific Rim 1, they said you can't single pilot a Jaeger. The next scene they show you is a girl single piloting the Jaeger. I don't care if it's a small one. She single piloted that shit. The next scene is what, what, you don't you don't care about evolution, Mo? Fuck that. <laughs> fuck that shit. Okay, fuck it. I want my <laughs> cannon. I want my cannon. I'm gonna start sounding like regular comic book fans now. That's not canon. Okay. Then they show you John Boyega parting his life away and then being told he needs to step up. And then they show you him giving a speech, almost similar to Idris Elba saying, "We're going to cancel the the world's funniest speech." Oh my god! Look, I'm a, by the end of Mo doing this, I'm gonna pull up a movie. <laughs> this is the exact same case. Okay, so now he's you know he stepped up to live into you know to step into his father's 
big ass shoes because we all know he's not going to fill those shoes Idris Elba left in Pacific Rim 1. You can't. You can't make that speech. Idris Elba said, we're canceling the apocalypse. You ain't canceling shit, my guy. Um, what's, what's next? And then they show you an evil robot fighting the good robot. Jesus Christ. The mechanics don't look good. The graphics don't look good. Oh it looked smack like 2017's Power Rangers. I'm like, it's colorful? Fine. Because a lot of people said, oh, we couldn't see in the last Pacific Rim. We couldn't see the robots fighting. So what do they do? They brighten this shit all the way up. First things first. Those robots look like fucking trash in the light. It's the reason you don't lighten this shit up. But go ahead, motherfucker. All right. So they lighten up these robots to appease the people that said the first movie was too dark. Fine. You know, but then if you're going to lighten it up to show me how bad the robots looked in the first movie, you got to make this one look. You got to make these robots look good. Right. Right. You got to at least attempt to do it. It, so, right? it didn't look like it. It just looked like a bunch of mashed up colors in giant robots. It looked like, uh, what's the name of this? The Power Rangers movie. It looked like every anime mm-hmm. just mashed up together. Look, Stephen D. Knight, you did Spartacus and you did uh, the first season of Daredevil, which is untouchable at this point. You're telling me that you sold a piece of your creative soul to make this movie because... Um, was it Paramount or Universal? Universal, right? Uh-huh. They promised you a dark movie or a movie that, you know, that's your movie. They promised you to do, you know, you be, you're going to be able to do your movie. So first of all, you have to do this trash ass movie. Dude, man, I know the bag is probably big on this one, but bro, your name is forever going to be tra- t- tied to the trashiest <laughs> Pacific Rim movie ever. The first one was bad. This would be bad. Probably worse. Hold on, what are you saying? The first Pacific Rim movie wasn't good? I liked it. I loved I'm it. Dis- I'm about to say, I don't disagree with you on that mode. The but first Pacific was... Rim movie was actually entertaining. You know Let's what? It was decent. It, it was decent. Let no, me take it that was back. Entertaining. It was decent. This, oh. this oh. is, um, <clears throat> as you can tell, folks, by the sound of my voice against the sound of Mo's voice. I am not disappointed at all in this trailer. Oh, I'm not hurt. One bit. I'm in and my the reason I'm not disappointed because I've been telling Mo for about six months now. This, this movie comment. is going to be some shit. Again, when I believe something is going to be some shit, you can't disappoint me by doing exactly what I expected. Um, let's go back to the Power Rangers because that's a that's a key point to me and what I'm about to say. When the Power Rangers trailer first came out, and all of you people who like been sucking Power Ranger dick since you were kids, kept on saying, oh my god, this movie looks awesome. I saw the trailer and said, wow, this looks like the fifth wave. Now, for people out there that don't know what the fifth wave is, the fifth wave was a movie made for the same audience that Power Rangers and this movie is being made for. And when that movie's trailer comes on, it looks deceivingly good. But you can tell the movie's going to be bad. Oh, the fifth wave. I remember that piece of shit. Mm -hmm. And Power Rangers trailer looked the same way. It looked kind of good, but you could tell the movie was going to be bad. This trailer, same fucking thing. It looks kind of good, but you know. As as Mo said, the moment they go into the storyline is that he's in jail. 
I don't want to be my dad. So they show him partying and drunk as a big monster behind him. They only show the phones and the whole time because I don't want to be my father. Blah, 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 blah. Like, come on, son. Like, at this point, you can't come up with anything original. Nothing at all. Pacific Rim 2 is made to make money. It is no better than any Transformers movie. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't make money so they stop that shit. In the in the US, I strongly doubt this movie makes anything. In my head, I have the number that it will open up at. In my head, I have the number it will finish at. The only audience that could possibly save this movie will be the China audience. And because this is made, this is a China co-production, they're gonna throw a lot of money for this movie to make money overseas. Unfortunately, you know, Chinese people love star power along with their robots. John Boyega, um, the next colored person for white Hollywood, has no power in China. And I know you people thinking that he's in Star Wars. But if you listen to me and Mo's last couple of shows, I said repeatedly, Star Wars bombs in China. In all honesty, it is horrible that his name is attached to this film and to the Chinese audience and you're thinking they're going to accept him when they fucking hate his other sci-fi films. There's a chance that's going to make this movie fail tremendously overseas. But, hey, you motherfuckers wanted another movie with robots that wasn't a Transformers movie. You motherfuckers getting another movie with robots that could be worse than a Transformers movie. So I hope you're happy. Dog. Getting exactly what you want. Man, I was so excited at the announcement of Pacific Rim 2. That first trailer was, you know, you know what is so funny is that first trailer was just small enough where um, <clears throat> it didn't show you the full shit that the movie was gonna be. And then <clears throat> this one just says, you know what, fuck it, open the floodgates, nigga, man, take hey, your fucking flood, thing, take your floodgates back, take them back. I don't want them. Here's the thing, bro. The excitement for Pacific Rim Two went away when G D T was announced that he wasn't gonna do it. Oh, at that man. point, at that point, you got to know what studios think. Okay, so the guy who spearheaded the first one, he wrote it, he put it together, everything of that nature. He's not returning for the second one. Worked with the VFX instead team. of instead of hiring a good enough director to man this ship. They say we can get anybody to do it and throw money behind it, and we're good to go. And you get this. This is the reason why movies fail, people. When you have a very strong will director in the first film, you cannot then go to the second film and just get any director. You're going to have to get someone of equal talent. Example number one, Alien and Aliens, two completely different directors. (laughs) Two are classics, but they brought on another director who happened to be just as good, if not better, than the director and the creator of the first film. That's what you do. Instead, with Pacific Rim 2, we're getting the Terminator series, where you had a great director, and then you just stopped floating in people who didn't know what the fuck they were doing in two years, and then the movies flop. And that's what we'll have here, Mo. So, Mo. Yes. There's no reason to dwell on your childhood and your hopes and your dreams <laughs> being killed by this fucking movie being bad as it's gonna be this is the worst first looks ever by the way this is the worst one ever 
And I thought the Believe last one we did was bad. Best. This is the this worst the ever one me. ever. Okay. I highly enjoyed this one. Cause I bet you did. Because I'm. I'm not disappointed in I'm any way. Dying, I'm, I'm dying inside, and you're just loving all of it. Hey, your your accent came out. Everything, Mo. That was fucking hilarious. What kind of forever, my <laughs> nigga? So, let's go on to the next topic of discussion, which is new mutants being made scarier. This actually. So, makes as me everyone happy. knows, as everyone knows. New Mutants was supposed to be released this April, yep. and Fox pushed it back to next February. Yep. In the process of them pushing this film back, all the stories started being released that they wanted New Mutants to be scarier. So they're doing a couple of things, not rewriting the entire ship, but doing things to amp up the horror factor in this film. Mo, look, are you as excited as I am Bruh. about this? First of all. I was excited about New Means and the fact that it was going to be horror. Now you're telling me you t- you're taking the whole movie apart to add some, no, not even taking it apart, just opening, you know, spreading it a little just bit. Just to make it scarier. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. I am so excited. You want to know why? Like, this <laughs> this means, oh, I'm happy now. I'm back to being happy. And so my accent gone. So this means. <laughs> it is. Too, that's so sad. <laughs> so sad it completely you went you went from a strong african man with pride to a caucasian gentleman that i want to show you all of a sudden that is a very weird transition there look you take you take all you, you you're telling me now that superhero movies don't have to be what they are they don't have to be tropey they can be anything you've taken this movie and you said it was going to be scary in the first place but now you're going to make it even scarier. That means you're going to amp everything up. It means, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. But I know that the story of Demon Bear that they're, that they're using for this movie, they're going to recharge that and make it even better. Dude, I am so excited, man. Like, I don't even know. Like, my excitement level is just off the, off the charts. And I hope to God. I should probably taper it right now because I hope to God it doesn't come out. A trailer doesn't come out next year and I'm in the same position (laughs) (laughs) well i would say you couldn't be the first trailer for new mutants was Was awesome so dope and it played as a horror movie trailer so for them to now come out and say we want to amp it up even more because we need it to be scarier all that tells me is that this was kind of a horror movie beforehand yes it was probably like superhero heavy yeah but now they're like no let's lean fully and I think this has a lot to do and again I don't not saying I have any insider information on it I believe this angle has a lot to do with the amount of money that it made yes because it's it's different when the conjuring films make money those make like 300 200 to 250 300 million worldwide yeah it made almost 700 million so what's that's telling other studios is that if you make teens, have teens in films, mm-hmm. and give it a good horror element, they will flock to see the film. So X-Men already have a built-in audience. The yes. horror movie genre has a huge built-in oh, now audience. Now you put the two together. And now you want to combine the two together, and you want to actually make it scary. So you're basically saying, we have the X-Men audience no matter what, because it's an X-Men movie. Yes. 
But if we're going to be true to the horror movie crowd, this movie has to be scary. Mm-hmm. It has to be something that those people are going to want to repeatedly spend their money to see. This movie could be great. This could be one of the best comic book superhero films because it's stepping away from the norm. Fox exactly. has been great as of late of stepping away from the norm. Fox is trying their best not to give you the cookie cutter, everything's the same type of comic book films. And New Mutants to me is always going to be the crown and jewel. And I believe with the pushback of the date to next year, mm-hmm. and if people are not paying attention, it's released next year, the same time of year that Black Panther's being released this year, yes. that Deadpool was released last year. Yes. They actually increased it by moving it to a date that is normally now set up as a big blockbuster date, that middle date Bro. in February. Yes. I pay a lot of attention to things. And people out there who thinking that, well, until 2019, supposedly this deal with Warner Brothers and Disney should, I mean, between Fox and Disney should be done by then. So technically, Disney will be taking over. Disney's going to move it. Let me kill all your hopes and dreams with this one thing. If you believe this movie was moved and Disney had absolutely nothing to do with it being moved, you're an absolute idiot. I want you to clearly pay attention to what's going on here. Besides Deadpool being moved up into that window where Infinity Wars is, Mm -hmm. which kind of weird because it kind of takes away from Infinity War's box office. At least that's what people think. That was weird. The move of this movie and the move of Gambit fits a Disney move because they're both being slotted in at places that Disney did not have movies at on their schedule. And these are places that normally fall within the box office range that you have to have films in this area. So the point that you put New Mutants at that time frame, Disney is thinking, hey, if it's a little scarier, it's not under Disney, so we don't have to worry about alienating anybody. But if it's a little scarier and we put it in this time frame and we didn't pay for this movie to be made, but we're going to reap the profits of it, this could be amazing. When you move Gambit to June the 7th, which again, you all don't know box offices and summers, that is a hell of a release date. Normally release date around the second week, after, well, the first week after Memorial Day weekend, which is huge to get those early June release dates. Disney has released something big at that date for almost every year. And the point that you slotted in Gambit right wow, there again wow, wow. tells me what you're doing. Okay. I am not slow. Mind blowing. You have to notice <clears throat> most of these moves to me are Disney moves. And this is Disney trying to monopolize off of this franchise. Not only that, if these movies hit, all both of these movies hit, um, all those hopes of completely integrating X Men into the MCU oh, it's gonna be would be put on hold oh, because be they're gonna let they gotta let it run its course if these movies make money. There is no way in hell you stop a money train. Amen. Amen. Well, and the fact, again, and the fact that 2018, 2018 is already a good year for horror movies. So if you put a cookie cutter horror movie in the mix, you're losing. We have a problem. Yes. yes. And, that, lose. and that's what they knew. That you cannot put something that's kind of scary out. No, you got because if you got to go, you do yo, anything you with horror, you got to lean into it. Oh, you got to go deep. 
because if we're gonna get Slenderman, the nun, uh, 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 yeah, you gotta come, you gotta come hard, you gotta come hard, like, nah, yeah, yeah, smart move, anyways, and I love it, and I love the fact that that's why they're doing it, not because they need reshoots, they're doing it to make it scarier, like more intense. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm all in for it. I'm all in for it. All right, we just had some fun. I just had fun. I was back to normal now. Yes, to be I'm back disappointed. To yes. With our first look segment. Oh, so disappointed. <laughs> so disappointed. Anyways, um, moving forward, the next topic we want to talk about. We're sti- you know, kind of staying in the horror genre a little bit. And we are in <laughs> we are in horror royalty here, Mo. Understand this. This is horror royalty, people. That the we're Halloween, talking about that. The Halloween remake at Blumhouse Studios. Look, man, Jason Blum promised this movie's coming out this year. If not, he's going to give you his what, right or left hand, one of his hands. He promised this movie. He promised us this movie this year. So, I mean, we don't know anything about it. We've gotten a weak synopsis. And it's, apparently this is supposed to, you know, retcon or cancel out all the other sequels, right? So, yes. what do you think about it? When, I mean, there's a date attached to this movie, by the way. But what do you think about the fact that we get in a Halloween remake, first of all, with the original, with What's-A-Face coming back? Jamie, Jamie Lee, Curtis. Lee Curtis coming back. This Royalty. is Here's the thing. For anybody that does not know, Lou loves horror movies. I extremely love horror movies. Halloween is my favorite horror movie of all time. Of all fucking time. And I've seen every Halloween that's ever come out. Even the really, really bad ones. And I own every Halloween that's ever come out. Even the really, really bad ones. Including Season of the Witch, but does not even have Michael Myers in it. When I heard that Blumhouse was remaking it. Blumhouse is as big to horror movies right now as anyone. The only, only person bigger could have been if James Wan decided he wanted to remake Halloween. Right. But the point that Blumhouse is doing it, and he's as serious as he is about it because he's not only doing this remake, he's actually right now still trying to get the rights to Friday the 13th because he wants to remake that one too. This is someone who's passionate about horror. And it does not happen often, people, when you get people passionate about horror and passionate about making the story good. That's what has me excited about this. Because you don't need a big budget for a Halloween film. You just need a story to make sense. You don't even need a body count because Halloween was never originally about a body count. In the first Halloween, I want to say a total of two or three people die. That's it. Yeah, yeah it was about two it people. Great. It was about, it was about it, two people. Yeah. What made it great was the suspense. And what Blumhouse is pretty good at at this point is making horror movies with suspense that does not have huge body counts. I am extremely excited to see where the hell they go with this. Because again, as Mo said, ah, I'm, I'm more interested in how you're going to eliminate every sequel <laughs> and start over again. Because that, that takes a lot of balls to do it. Because you're basically still saying the first Halloween happened. And everything else after that that we know has not happened. I'm interested in this. Yeah, like <clears throat> him. I think he and John Camper. Uh, you know what, John Campion. He and John Carpenter said, Carpenter. you know, yes, and John don't Carpenter. Don't you ever disrespect, don't you ever disrespect <laughs> John Carpenter 
we're confusing him with a a, a blogger. Okay, my bad, my bad. But he and John Carpenter said, you know, they said this movie was going to cancel every other sequel. And I'm guessing the bad ones, but every other sequel because they want to take it back to the roots of what Halloween was all about. I am all for that. Elements of 100% behind that. Now, if you do that and you do that well, which I think they can do, Blumhouse can do, because again, I don't think Halloween has to have a super big budget. No, which Blumhouse is good it's, for. It's, they can it's make, Blumhouse. Yes. You're getting 10 million, maybe. Yes. 10 to 15. They, they don't do, do big budget films. And they can do really well with that movie. So I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Apparently, the date is 10 19 October the 19th, 2018. Yeah, That's the date they have on the book. It, we're getting it this year. <laughs> I can't fucking wait. Listen here. Listen here, people. I'm not. I am extremely excited. As excited as y'all heard me be about Masters of the Universe, I'm more excited about Halloween. I can't wait to around Halloween. Fuck that movie. I'm going to go to a fuck mo. I'm going to go to a midnight screening of Halloween. Like, dude. Matter of fact, for people that don't know, and for people who are, aren't in the D.C. area, that's where me and Mo at. That's where we record this show at. Every year at East Street Cinema in D.C., around Halloween, they show the original Halloween at midnight screenings. I have been the last four years I've gone to this screening. This is a movie I own, and I still watch at home. You're a dork. And I still go there to see that movie. Fuck you, bro. Such a nerd. Fuck you. This thing, Mo. Are you dressing up to go see Catman, Mo? Yes. You're probably dressing up to go see Catman. So, (laughs) fuck you, Mo. And fuck your Catman. Halloween is a classic. And and damn it, if I'm I'm going to listen here, people, I'm going to see the original, and I'm going to see this one in the same damn day. I am more interested to see how the hell all of these combine, and I need to see it in one sitting. So whatever theater decides they want to show me the original Halloween, followed by this Halloween, I'm fucking going to see it. Good luck with that. Have fun. All right. Why so we done talking about Nah, because you just you just on this mushroom tip so hard right now wow so hard wow yes you are wow yes you are i wasn't the one early in the show sucking the shit out of pacific rim before you was disappointed mo see mo is like a woman who really really anticipating getting the dick and then it's bad and then she's upset about it that's been mo like since the last jedi came out don't you you can't kill my joy mo you can't kill my joy damn it since the, no, seriously, since The Last Jedi came out, I haven't been the same. <laughs> have not been the same. Anyways, let's move, let's move October over to... October 19th, 2018, the Halloween remake. It's going to make a killing in the box office. The name alone guarantees it $25 million. Shit, If Jamie it comes out Curtis. with good reviews, it's going to do 45 plus million opening weekend. Don't be surprised if that 45 climbs to 60 or more million dollars opening weekend for Halloween. I am calling it right now. Damn Nostalgia with its release date. This is going to be a huge fucking movie. Wow. Okay. Well, um yeah, so wow. Sixty, forty five to six okay. Uh let's let's move on. Um we are now at the uh shit, I am so lost. We are now at the Gurdonah section of the show. So 
the person we have decided to put up today for you guys to decide to help us well we're gonna tell you if it's good or not and we're gonna put it out there for you to you know comment and tell us if we're right or wrong it's russell crow russell crow russell what? ira crow oh, oh okay okay all right so i like russell crow so this is gonna be a little difficult for me to do actually you know what i'm gonna let lucas do the uh um, filmography. I'm gonna run down the movies. Yes. Because as Mo already knows, the reason I don't like Mo running down filmography. So I'm gonna do TV movies. Uh, I'm gonna do TV shows. Al, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Who's done it better? Mo ass will either do unnecessary shit or Mo will just roll through shit and not explain what makes it good. Okay. So you so, do. Yeah. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a clearly start at the beginning with Russell. I'm not gonna skip much. So. First film I have listed is Prisoners of the Sun, okay. uh, nineteen ninety. Second movie, The Crossing, okay. in nineteen ninety. I'm gonna let everybody know a lot of these earlier films are bad. Australian films. They're not bad. They're Australian films. So they're Man. these are Hollywood films okay. per se. Uh, ninety one was Proof. Ninety two was Spotswood. 92 also was Romper Stomper. <laughs> 93, Hammers Over the Anvil. Again, as I said before, people, Russell Crowe was in Australia. He did a lot of those films. <laughs> Some of these films are good. Some of these films are bad. Uh-oh. But these aren't films you should skip if you like Russell Crowe. Right. 93 for The Moment. 93, Love and Limbo. As you can tell, Mr. Russell Crowe was extremely busy in 1993. <laughs> uh, 94, Some of Us. And then we get to the big one. Yes. For his Hollywood debut, 1995, The Quick and the Dead. And I say big, and I'm only saying big because it was the first time a lot of people in Hollywood saw him. I'm not going to say it's big because it's a good movie. It's, it's okay. <laughs> this was his. It was his American film debut, though. Yeah, so it was. That, that says a lot. It was. It says a lot. I mean, Sharon Stone, film. Leo DiCaprio. Come on now, it was a big movie. It it it, it, it was an average movie. <laughs> that got a lot of attention. <laughs> oh, because you coming so, up on one so, that should uh, even be on the list. Fuck, but it makes sense. In '95, he went back to his home country and did another one, which is called No Way Back. Oh, and also in '95, <sighs> 6.7 was born in <laughs> Virtuosity with no. Mr. Denzel Washington. This now, is the people, one movie that anybody everyone... who were, oh, anybody geez. remembers Nemo doing our show on Denzel Washington. <laughs> You remember how much we trash we talk about virtuosity. Oh. I'm not going to repeat it. I'm no. just going to say no, just, this movie just... is fucking trash. The but here's the weird worst. part. The best part of the movie is See? Russell Crowe. Okay. He's the best part of the movie. But, but the movie still, is so bad, so bad. So bad. So you have to, to cling on to something. After that, we get to... A movie called Rough Magic. This is when he was doing his comedy thing. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a this is actually an American film. Right. Didn't really make money. It was one of them smaller films. 
But in 1997, we get one of the best films ever made. Yes. I will go as far to say the best film of the 90s. Yes. The film that got robbed by Titanic oh my for God. Best Picture. L.A. Confidential. Goddamn good movie. My fucking God. L.A. Confidential is my favorite movie of all time. Goddamn good movie. It's not a film. Like, it may be a film better, and I'll mention that film later, but L.A. Confidential is a fucking amazing to me. Russell Crowe was amazing in this fucking film. I For anybody who has not seen it, you you have to see this fucking film. Like I I am to this day confused how Russell Crowe did not win the supporting actor. Did not right. get, I don't I don't even think he was nominated for best no, supporting actor. He wasn't. Him Basinger won best supporting actress, but man, this movie does not move without Russell Crowe in it. Him and God Pierce, the way they play off of each other, LA Confidential is a fucking classic. You damn sure. On a different On a level. different level, yeah. I agree with you. So his next film was back to his home country. He did a movie called Heaven's Burning. Again, Russell Crowe switching at this point he was switching back and forth between his Australian things and his American things. Because he's faithful. Also loyal. Yeah, he's faithful to his country. Also, in 97, he did another movie called Breaking Up. We can skip that one. In 1999, he did Mystery Alaska. Now, Mo, I don't know if you've seen Mystery Alaska. I've seen Mystery Alaska. It, it's one of those films that's not good. No. But it's one it's of those not. films that is such like, it's the perfect Saturday morning film, if people understand what I mean by that, mm-hmm. where it's a little hope. It carries way too much, mm-hmm. but it, it gives you it gives you good feelings to start your day. Yes, like it that's does. what Mystery Alaska is to it me. Does. I it's one of those bad films that I actually enjoy watching. Yeah, it's, it's enjoyable, it. but it's bad. Oh, it's bad. There you, there you go. Follow that up. Also in 1999, as I said when I talked about L.A. Confidential, and I said L.A. Confidential is my favorite movie of all time. This movie, besides The Godfather, because I Godfather, Citizen Kane, all those things, I put those in different categories. Right. 1999's The Insider. Oh, yeah. You about to talk about The Insider. Could be the best film I've seen of the last 40 years. This movie. You're not even 40. That's what I mean. (laughs) Now you understand what I mean. But here's the thing. I can say 40 years because it's not about the age. I said the best movie I've seen in the last 40 years. True. I've true. seen movies oh, way from, older. From, yes, gotcha, from gotcha, the last gotcha. 40 years. Like, this movie is damn near perfect in every way humanly possible. It's it's Michael Mann's best film. Yeah. It's Russell Crowe's best film. This movie is the reason that Russell Crowe won an Oscar for the following film we're going to bring up. <laughs> Not because he was good in that following film, it's because, because everybody at this robbed point him. acknowledged that he got robbed. Yes. And he had no... If you want to see Russell Crowe and Al Pacino put on two of the greatest performances humanly possible, you have to see The Insider. If you want to see Christopher Plummer if one of the most amazing performances humanly possible, you have to see the insider. And the weird part is, this is all based on a true story. That's yes. what makes this amazing. They are playing real people. Yeah. And they are fucking killing it. Jesus Christ, if you have not seen the insider, I'm gonna need you to Yeah. Michael Mann after was this over, it in the nineties. See the insider. The insider is 
perfect movie. It's, it's no other way to put it. For a movie that does not have killing and anything else in it, it is so suspenseful in its dramatic elements that you will freaking love it. Michael so, Mann was killing it in the 90s, bro. Yeah, yeah, man, listen, that's a great movie. And we're yeah. going to follow it up with, with another film in 2000 that lots of people liked. I liked it. It is far from great, but some people consider it a great movie, which is Gladiator. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. Decimus Meridius, which that will be, I don't know if I said on this podcast, but that will be my son's name. And I'm going to order everybody, including his teachers in school. You will say that whole damn name. That will not be a middle name. His name will be Maximus Decimus Meridius Moore. You will say that whole fucking name. There is no way out of saying his whole name. I'm making that his whole first name. Oh, God. That tells you. Look here. I acknowledge this is not a great movie. I acknowledge that while Russell Crowe is really good in it, oh, absolutely no business. He had no business winning an Oscar for it, but I always understand because he should have wanted to put it inside him. Yeah. And they gave it to him for this film. But again, Gladiator for a lot of people is the perfect movie of its type. I really enjoy it. Definitely not a bad performance. But we're going to follow up the Gladiator in 2000 with Proof of Life. And that's all we're going to say as we move along for Proof of Life. Thank you. Please. <laughs> 2001, we have A Beautiful Mind. This is another film. Exceptional. That he, he was amazing in. Again, Jesus, the film's not ass. that good. Yeah, the film's not that good. Russell Crowe is that good in it. That right. says a lot to me. The Damn film right. is bad. Russell Crowe is great in this film. Great in it. Because he carries this film completely. Oh, yeah. So, again, Beautiful Mind. Uh, the next movie, 2003, Master Commander, Far Side of the World. Can we move? Skip. We just have to acknowledge the disappointment that this movie was, Mo. That's all we got to acknowledge. Okay. The movie was a disappointment. It was, because it was set up to only, be something big. Here's the weird part, though. Russell Crowe was really good in it. Yes. It was also even, set up to be really good. Yes, the movie is not that bad, but damn it, it's, it's, it's one of those movies that's good, but something's missing. Right. And right. that's what Master Commander is. Something's missing. I think they, they for years they were going to do a sequel to it. We never got it, but that's okay. Next movie, 2005, Cinderella Man. Look. Listen. Look. Go ahead, Mo. I'm gonna let you talk about this one. Look. If okay, so we've talked. Lucas talked about what? What was it? A Beautiful Mind not being a great movie. He talked about the Insider being a great movie with exceptional acting. Uh, um, Cinderella Man is a good movie with exceptional Russell Crowe in it. We've seen better Russell Crowe, to be honest. We've seen great yeah. Russell Crowe, but he was really good in this one. He carried the movie to heights where I didn't even. Look, when I saw Cinderella Man, I actually cried a little bit. Just a little bit, though. <laughs> I bought it. He is so good in this one. Look, yeah, he's, so, he's so good that even Renee Zellweger had to elevate herself to a, to a different level that I've never seen Renee in. I, I'm not going to disagree with you, Mo. It's It's... One of the better sports films made, so I'm not then I'm not gonna disagree with him one bit. So it's, it's I understand why Mo likes it. It's a really good film, man. It's really good. A great performance, great performance. So after that, we go into 
2006, a good year. Again, this is a starting to trend, people, that you got to notice. Russell Crowe has gone on a stretch where at this point I think he did two films with Ridley Scott. Yes. And this, this, this develops into a very interesting relationship between them two. But in 2007, we get 310 to Yuma. Look, look. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lucas. I'm sorry. You know how I feel about westerns, right? You fucking hate westerns. I love this movie. I saw the original <laughs> after I saw this movie because I love this movie that much. Russell Crowe, Dan Foster, perfection. That's all I got to say. You got Can it. I ask you a quick question? Shoot. And it's going to be a little off track of our Russell Crowe stuff? Yes. Uh, you know who directed 310 and Yuma? Here we go, y'all. Here we fucking go. You're going to eventually have to explain to me why you don't like Logan as a movie. Because in all honesty, a lot of the stylized points that made Logan great, he developed during this movie. That's all I'm going to say. Including (laughs) this being a remake and Logan, while not shot for shot, is a spiritual remake. It's a shame. But... That's all I'm gonna say. As we go to the next movie, I know what you're trying to do. I know what you're trying to do, but I'm not falling just for it. Out, just point it out, man. As we go to the next movie in 2007, American Gangster. Again, now this is his third film with Ridley Scott. Anything you gotta say about American Gangster? Mm, yeah, yeah, it's good. His performance was really good, but yeah. it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let's skip along to the next one then. Uh, this is 2008. This is the biggest disappointment of Russell Crowe's career. I'm going to start off by saying that. And not the worst movie of Russell Crowe's career. Those are two separate things. Body of Lies, which is also a movie by Ridley Scott. But this was Russell Crowe and Leonardo DiCaprio. Hmm. This is a movie that should have been great but was barely decent. And every actor's performance in this film is not up to par, and that's what makes this film just decent. Right. It should have been great. It could have been great. All the elements were there for it to be great, and Russell and Leo let us down. This following movie was a film, 2009, named Tenderness. Don't worry about it if you've never heard about it. No one has heard about it. Yep. But let's get to the next movie, 2009. Which is State of Play. Now, not bad. State of Play is not not at all a bad film. No, it's not bad. It, it didn't get it. A lot of people have not seen it. Russell Crowe, Ben Affleck, Rachel McAdams, Robin Wright Penn, uh, the guy who I hate his face, <laughs> Jeff Daniels, Helen Murray. The cast Say his is name. amazing. Say his Ooh. fucking name, Lucas. I hate his face. Jason Bateman. You I hate say, his face. You will say That's that man's name. name. His name is I Hate His Face. That's his name. This movie should have made more money. More people should have seen it. If you have not seen it, you need to see it. Russell Crowe is fucking amazing in this movie, Joe. Fucking amazing in this movie. That's all I'm going to say. Mo's going to make me say the other guy's name. 2010, we get Robin Hood. Mo, very quickly, what did you think about Robin Hood? Trash. (laughs) Also, in 2010, we got Three Days... The next, the next three, days. three days. The next three days by Paul Haggis. I, to this day, I still enjoy this film. 
Greed I think it's a guilty Why? pleasure though. Okay. Okay. I don't, it's a guilty pleasure. It's not it's not a good movie, but it's not it, it's 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 up there with state of play. It's barely decent. But it was different to see Russell Crowe play that type of role. And I enjoyed it for that reason. Right. The following movie is The Man with the Iron Fist. LOL. I'm going to say trash. LOL. The movie is trash to me. <laughs> 2012, we also got Les Miserables. Ugh, it's kind of mediocre. It's it's an enjoyable movie, but Russell Crowe. kind of mediocre. Let me tell you this. Russell Crowe in this movie is fucking trash. He single-handedly takes this from being a really good movie to making it not too bad. Because they asked him to sing. he can't fucking sing. They asked Who him to sing. Who this man to sing? Like, did you not know beforehand he can't sing? Trash. How the fuck do you do that, though? Come on, son. He almost ruined Hugh Jackman's great performance. <laughs> ah. 2013, we get Broken City. Directed by Alan Hughes. This is another film that just, you know, it's skippable. There's no need to see that. Right. Also, in 2013, we get the worst comic book film ever made, and it happens to have Russell Crowe in it. Fuck you, Lucas. Which is Man of Steel, like, trash and fucking skippable. You know what, though? Russell. He was great as Jorel. He is. So unnecessary in this movie. He was great as like Russell's in the beginning, and you don't need him. And him playing Ghost Dad during the rest of the fuck him, fuck this trash ass movie. Nah, fuck Lucas. Man of Steel. Fuck you, man. Fuck Man of Steel. Fuck, you, man. fuck Man of Steel. This Whatever. this this is the low point of Russell Russell Crowe's career is when he signed on to do Man of Steel. Oh, man, I'm hurt. Fucking That's how you feel. Okay, 2014, we have Winter's Tale. Again, I don't know if Mo's seen Winter's Tale. No, probably skipped it. You should have skipped it. it yeah, it. yeah. It was, it, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible movie. Luckily, it's just a small supporting role. But after he did Man of Steel, he just lost sight of what a good movie was. Oh. So that's why he did that film. So you're gonna blame it, it, it took a while. Yes, I am. Also, in 2014... We get Noah, which, for my my personal reasons, I understand why Noah was made. For my personal reasons, I enjoyed Noah. I don't believe Noah's a bad movie. Nowhere near being a bad movie. Some people... I don't, I don't, I don't know what Darren Aflosky was thinking with the rock monsters, but I'm letting that shit slide, because Russell is really good in it. A lot of people didn't understand the ending. It's because they're all heathens and don't read the Bible. But <laughs> I understood it. All right. Also, in 2014, we get The Water Diviner. Well, I don't yeah. know if you saw this one. Nope. Didn't. That is amazing that I've seen all these movies. I saw The Water Diviner. I actually saw it at a screening. It's pretty decent. Russell Crowe gives a solid performance. The movie should and could have been a lot better, though. Mm. Bad directing. Good. Bad, bad directing. The next no, movie is nothing. Fathers and Daughters in 2015. This was actually a foreign film. This was an Italian film that Russell Crowe ended up doing. Again, this these type of films, he attempts to show how versatile he is as an, act, as an actor, and then 
he falls flat on his face because this movie was fucking trash. Hmm. But that's fine. Then we get 2016's The Nice Guys. Well, he made Listen, up for people. It. He made up for My it. God, this movie is great. So great. This movie is fucking unbelievable, man. If you have not seen The Nice Guys, The Nice Guys was the best film released in the summer of 2016. Oh, hell yeah. The most like, underrated film. Yes. The, one of the most underrated films ever to me is The Nice Guys. I hope, I hope they drop a sequel at some point. I really do. I really do. Shane Black, Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling. It's it's an amazing like, fucking movie. Shane Black, in in my mind and other comic book people heads minds, he made up for Iron Man three with this movie. Yes, and then we get 2017, quite possibly the worst film ever, The Mummy. The worst performance ever. By who? Russell. He was bad in this shit. Please don't tell me he was good. He wasn't good. He's far from good in it, but he was bad. I'm going to say I'm going to say Tom Cruise is worse in this one. Well, yeah, yeah, and and, and I think look here, look at me. This, this, <laughs> Remember when they released hard. that clip or that clip accidentally uh, leaked? <laughs> and look here, people. These are two great actors. And they got together to make such a shitty movie. Like, this movie's unbelievably bad. But that's the end of Russell Crowe's filmography, Mo. So, I, I made up my mind a long time ago about Russell Crowe. Mo, Russell Crowe, good or nah? I think he's good. I think he's good. I think Russell Crowe has built up some type of goodwill to where... I think he's good. <clears throat> Doesn't take away from his horrible performances. Does not take away from those. But I think Russell Crowe is good. How many horrible performances does he have? Quite. It's, once you go through, if you think about it, once you go through his filmography, you don't get many horrible performances by Russell Crowe. Yeah, you get bad ones. You get a couple you horrible get, ones. You get a you couple get bad, bad ones, ones, but you get... Good Some of the great. best performances yes. ever known. Russell Crowe, as we were going through his filmography, it made me realize, like, when I do top ten living actors, right currently, and yes, this is including men and with that, this includes men and women for me. I do not separate the two. Wow. Uh, Russell is in the top ten, all like the top ten going right now. So when oh, okay. I named the names. Russell, when I named the names Tom Hanks, Merle Streep, all these other people, Russell Crowe was up there with them. Yeah, he is. He's an amazing actor. 100%. He's done some of the best films of all time. Yeah. Dare I say, here you go, Mo. That's made people mad. Dare I say, Russell Crowe is a better actor than Denzel Washington. Oh. It's filmography oh. alone stands up that he's a better actor than Denzel Washington. Just so you know, our Rus- show has been canceled. <laughs> Look here, Russell Crowe is fucking amazing. Oh no, he's great. Like when you go through the po- anyone who makes L.A. Confidential and The Insider, two of the best, two of the top ten movies made in the last forty years. 
You can't be beat to me. Shit. You just can't. I watched the whole. I watched a whole fucking western. <laughs> <laughs> and he is great in it. He's oh, absolutely he's so good great. in it. Absolutely great in it. I mean, he outacts Ben Foster. He outacts Christian Bale. He's just at the top of the heap in that movie. There's not a lot of movies when Russell from, from when Russell Crowe is with other actors. He takes over the scenes, and that you, says a lot. Yeah, because you remember how we did a uh, um, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, and you said Robert De Niro gets to, tends to get outacted. Yes, Crowe does not. I have never. Even even when he's Russell bad, Crow, yeah. Russell Crowe is so bad that even when he's bad, it's still like, oh okay, it's Russell Crowe. <laughs> it's still Russell Crowe. You're like, right. oh okay, you yeah, understand? It's Russell Crowe. Because Robin Hood is bad. You get me? Robin Hood is bad, but it's Russell Crowe that sells that movie. Yes, and like when... Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is the only reason that American Gangster is tolerable to watch. And he has two movies he outacted Denzel Washington in. That's a lot. He had two. Look, the first one does not count. Look here. Virtuosity was made. It is a horrible movie. And Russell Crowe's the best part of that horrible movie. Oh, my American God. Gangster was made. American Gangster is a pretty good movie. Russell Crowe is the best part of that pretty good movie. He clearly outacts Denzel in that movie. Like Rus- Russell Crowe again, dude. He outacted Al Pacino in a role that, to this day, I will tell anybody, Al Pacino should have won an Oscar. Like that's that says a lot. Like I know, I know how you feel about uh, Man of Steel, but come on, Russell Crowe I mean, as Jor-El. That movie's fucking trash. You know what? Fuck you. I won't, I won't, I won't praise anybody in <laughs> Man of Steel. Fuck that whole shitty ass movie with Russell fucking Crow, Henry Cavill, God Snyder, all of them niggas who made that fucking horrible Superman movie. I'm hurt. I'm in my feelings. All right, so we're going to close the show out right now. Thank you for listening, people. Um, you've just been on another episode of Lucas. <laughs> We've just been on another episode of uh, Lucas and Mo versus the World. We just talked about Russell Crowe, is he good or not? Halloween remake at Blumhouse Studios. We did a first looks for two horrible. <laughs> Never mind. And we talked about the new mutants being moved up. Oh, so you just you're just gonna skip over that? We I mean, did the first look. You want to talk about Captain talk Marvel? About Captain Marvel in her no ass costume. And we did a first look of the fifth wave. Oh, I'm sorry. Fire Rangers. Oh, I'm sorry. Pacific Rim Uprising. Dog. Oh, and you also heard Lucas's first son's name, Maximus Decimus Meridian. Now, look, yes. if your son don't Holy play no type man. of sport, his name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. You got to you gotta give him back. Nope, he ain't playing no sport. He's going to be a scientist. <laughs> his name is going to be Dr. Maximus Decimus Meridius Moore. And you got to say the whole fucking name. And I'm going to tell him that from the beginning. Don't you let nobody call you Maximus or Max or try to do just the fuck initials. They got to say the whole fucking name. That's the point of a name. All right. Well, that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. 
You can catch us on YouTube on Lucas's channel. You can catch I'm sorry, you can catch my accent on YouTube on Lucas's channel, draw for the podcast on mine, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Pocket Cast, uh, uh Audio Mac, or wherever, you know, wherever uh, Google Play Music or wherever wherever your wherever your favorite podcast can be found, you can find us. As you thought this whole time that Lucas was doing a show with his white co-host Mo, clearly you were wrong. As you realize today that Mo is of African descent, as that accent came out big time as he was talking about Captain Mark. Oh man, I was so <laughs> mad. I was so mad. Anyway, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. 